Welcome to episode number two of the alumni series on the Tie Walls podcast featuring my good friend, David Brigida from the class of 2017. Dave and I came into Virginia Tech together. Uh, we were suite mates over in Cochran Hall. Uh, we were roommates later on after that. And we, of course, stayed, stayed pretty tight on through graduation. Uh, Dave, he was and is an insanely hard worker and about as professional as they come in every single aspect of his life. Uh, so it makes sense that he wasn't quite satisfied with just working in the real world and doing that full time. So he started fighting and he currently is sitting at 2-0 and in his amateur career and he's looking to climb up the ranks uh, and take on more fights as he continues on. Uh, we talk about all that more. Uh, thank you for listening. Just a couple messages from some sponsors and we'll get into the show. Before the show begins, I am proud to announce my first sponsor, the Taylor team at Remax 8 in Christiansburg. Buying or selling a home is an important decision that can sometimes be complicated but doesn't have to be difficult. That's why it's crucial to take an informed and well-planned approach when choosing the right real estate agent to help. The Taylor team at Remax 8 in Christiansburg serves the Roanoke Valley, New River Valley, and Southwest Virginia. Their knowledge of the area, along with a network of relationships, enable them to open doors for their clients on all sides of the property equation. Whether you're looking for land, building a new home, buying, selling, renting, or investing, the Taylor team is committed to work hard as your agent to get the job done. For more information, go to taylorteamrealtors.com or call Brian Taylor at 540-315-5880. The intro music for today's show is from the Jared Stout Band. Please go follow them on Spotify. And the conversation is with David Brigida, starting now. David Brigida, welcome, my alumni guest number two, and I'm excited to catch back up with you uh, on everything life-wise because, uh, of course, we, we're roommates. We've been friends since we first met each other when you came to Virginia Tech, but how are you doing tonight? What did you have going on today? <laughs> yeah, ple- pleasure to be here, uh, honored to have, or honored to be on your uh, podcast, um, but yeah, today... Today I just had some MMA sparring and some grocery shopping, so pretty, pretty chill after that. Um, but yeah, not not too much going on in my day. That's good. Is Sunday usually a um, a hard day training wise, or is it is it pretty laid back? Yeah, uh, so typically do one hard sparring day per week. Um, so that's just just dedicated to Sunday. I've been doing two a days a lot throughout the week but sunday just dedicate to it's almost like thinking about it as like a hard rest a hard live day for wrestling um a little different with sparring because you're getting hit in the head so you don't want to you don't want to do that too many times throughout the week the terminology and i know we talked about this before but the terminology difference between sparring with wrestling and sparring with mma is completely different and the yeah. use of Sunday is also completely different. Unheard of for dudes to go in and have like their hardest day of a week on a Sunday, unless for some type of special occasion where 
probably 95% of people across the country that are wrestling on a Sunday are usually either off or they're doing something recovery wise. But, but for MMA, that's the, that's the sparring day, huh? Uh, more so just for our gym. Um, we had it on Saturdays for a while. Uh, but then I, I think just turned out a lot of more like stuff to do socially on Saturdays and sure. people were pretty beat after that. So we just moved to Sunday where people just were typically relaxing. So Saturday is my rest day now. Um, doesn't make too much of a difference to me. So yeah, it probably makes sense too. Just from a gym owner perspective, people probably want to use their Saturdays for, I mean, if you have primarily adults in doing stuff, they probably want to use their Saturdays at least. So your numbers would maybe be a little bit down, especially if it's nice out and stuff like that. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Even club wise here, we, we do our club workouts on Sundays and it's usually, usually a good day for kids to come in because it just works. It just works. It's a good way to kind of easier cap off on the, the parents. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, I could use a couple hours by myself. Um, so kind of to, to backtrack, and then backtrack a little bit more because obviously I want to talk to you about your time uh, at Virginia Tech. But even before that, you grew up in the beautiful state of New Jersey where luckily I get to go and see you. Uh, or I used to get to go and see you around Christmas time there. I forgot that, that you're D.C. now. Um, but growing up there in, in what has now become one of the biggest powerhouses of wrestling, what was it like? How were you first introduced to the sport? Yeah, uh, kind of interesting. So uh, I was introduced to the sport through a family friend uh, who actually ended up wrestling at the University of Maryland. But yeah, I was pretty young. Uh, I want to say six, seven years old and or maybe it was like six, seven, eight, somewhere in that time frame. Yeah. Um, and actually, it was kind of funny because I felt like I was late to it, even though now I'm learning it was or as I <laughs> as I got going, I was like, I got a really early start. Um, but what does that say about the culture of American wrestling where you could be six years old and you're like, crap, man, I'm so far behind. <laughs> um, I, I guess it was more comparatively speaking to, sure. I guess, that that family friend. Um, but, you know, I was always uh, at, like into sports, so I grew up playing football and baseball. And I was, I was kind of hunting for, I mean, whether it was me hunting or my parents hunting just so they can keep me active. Um, but something during the winter, uh, gave basketball a shot and just did not like it. Um, and yeah, like the family friend just kept saying like, ah, like Dave should try wrestling, Dave should try wrestling. And then I, you know, finally convinced my, my dad to take me and sign me up and, yeah, just fell in love with it from there. I, I kind of had a knack for it, and I'm sure my parents loved it because I got all my energy out there, and it got me really, really tired because I was a, a very, very energetic, loud kid, which kind of is a little bit opposite now. I'm a little bit more reserved than when I was as a kid. That's but, funny. Uh, um, I was yeah, gonna, I was gonna call you out on that if you didn't point that out yourself <laughs> and be like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that that was my intro, um, and yeah, it was like from there on, like I still stuck with being a multi-sport athlete. So I, I played baseball and football along with wrestling all the way up until say sophomore year of high school, and then that that was where I fully committed to to wrestling, and yeah, I did did that the rest of my high school career, and then 
into into Virginia Tech. So, and that's good good point to lead off of too. Um, when it came time to decide, you know, if you're going to go into college and wrestle, uh, what did that decision look like for you? And and how did you land on Virginia Tech? Obviously, being out of state it probably looked a little bit different, and was um, maybe you're out of outside the box choice. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's funny. I look back at it, and you know, we, I'm sure a lot of what you focus on and find figured out the importance of maybe after the fact of your college career, but mindset and you know determination, drive. I I always felt like I knew I was going to go compete at a D1 level for whatever sport it was. Um, I, I just wanted to be, I wanted to be a D1 athlete, um, you know, and as I started to grow into my body or lack of growing, <laughs> I, I wasn't really big enough for football. Um, you know, I, I was definitely a late bloomer. You know, I, funny enough, I, I had a really big, big stretch of weights throughout high school. I came into high school as a freshman at 103 pounds. Uh, then next sophomore year was 125, 145, and then 152 my senior year. Um, so late bloomer. I'll jump. It's crazy. <laughs> and yeah, and, and baseball, like I, it, it just, not that I didn't like it. You know, I did, I love baseball, but yeah, just wrestling was, what I was excelling at, you know, it was definitely what I was the best at. And I saw it as my opportunity to, um, you know, compete at the, like, a, a, a college level. Um, yeah. And I, I had a lot of drive to go the D one level as well, just for the competition. Um, and plus I wanted to go to a larger school, uh, especially for like the athletics aspect. I wanted to go to a big football game. I wanted that kind of, uh, college experience so when looking at schools you know i wasn't by any means a, a a top prospect um throughout the country i i never placed in the new jersey state tournament i i only went to the state tournament once my junior year um you know i something that i you know always that like i look back on and still hurts is you know my senior year uh, whereas having an awesome season and I, I choked in the, the region tournament. So I didn't even get to go to the state tournament Dude. my senior year. Um, but made, made my decision to go to Virginia tech prior to my senior year starting. And I was talking to three schools primarily. It was Pitt, UNC and Virginia tech. And it's kind of a, Kind of a funny story how I ended up choosing Virginia Tech. Um, and I did like Pitt, uh, but I just, I wanted to go down south. I wanted to be a little bit more southern, a little bit more warm weather, which I didn't really get much at Blacksburg. So I <laughs> yeah, kind of hypocritical, but it, it, you know, in my eyes, it was more, more south than New Jersey. The, oh, it's, it definitely still is more <laughs> south than New Jersey because like whenever I send pictures to my family up in Jersey now and they send them back, it's like, Oh yeah, we we're doing much better than you are right now. <laughs> but it is, you know, when when we have recruits in on campus in the summer, it's like, oh yeah, it's like this all the time. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I I thought I'm getting to a little warmer weather, and it's like I talked to my parents back home. And they're like, yeah, it's the same here. It's pretty cold, snowing. I'm like, yeah, it's the same thing here. Um, so funny. 
but I, yeah, so I, it was primarily between UNC and Virginia Tech. I, my junior year, I went down to UNC for a couple visits. Um, never did an official visit, but I, I went into one of their kind of like camps that they had in the spring or something like that. And it was like, maybe it was before uh, like Super 32 or something like that, just like give them a chance to see me wrestle. Um, and I, I was pretty set on going to UNC. I, I went to one of the, I went to the Super 32 camp for Virginia Tech in the summer uh, before my senior year. Had a really good, uh, had a really good camp, but you know, funny story, I, I ended up getting really sick uh, towards the end of the camp. Were you staying in the dorms? Yeah, it, it was it was 100% because of the dorms. Yeah. You know, having all of that pollen and everything blowing into the room. Yeah. My my throat got so sore. Like we were going <laughs> like we were we were eating at D2 and I couldn't even it got to the point where I couldn't even eat meals. Um I was like struggling to get down water and then, you know, add the fact that we have like four workouts <laughs> a day and I, I can barely hydrate myself. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it got to the point where I, I had to leave, like I had to tell dresser that I'm, I need to go home a day early. And that was before like the seven mile run, uh, <laughs> for the last day. And, you know, I was talking to my parents. I'm like, I'm gonna look like such a wimp, like it's like I'm not it's like well, I'm looking like a coward, you know. This is like the camp's too hard for me and whatnot. And I remember going into Dresser's office and telling him like, you know, like my, my throat hurts, like I, I'm really struggling, I can't sleep, I can't eat, I can't drink. And he's like, all right, well, you'll take a rest for this practice, and this next rest. And I'm like, no, coach, I I gotta go home. Like it, it, this is tough. And he's like, all right, you know, um, you know, it's great having you out. And, you know, I went home and I'm like, I crossed Virginia Tech off the list. I'm like, there is no chance that they're going to want me to come wrestle for them. Um, I'm sure the coach is not thinking too highly of me or not like looking at my toughness and kind of pretty much like looking down on it. So I, I was pretty dead set on going to UNC. That's so um, funny just because that one silly thing. That's so funny. Yeah. So like as the, you know, it was probably around September time I was having – few conversations with the unc coach um and like not to mention like considering i wasn't being highly recruited um you know what i was i was also looking for a good education too um you know i, I was probably thinking not probably i was thinking you know like after college i'm probably not going to be continuing to wrestle so you know want my degree to take me wherever wherever it can and you know unc is definitely you know a, a pretty good academic school as is Virginia Tech. But um, so yeah, I, I was pretty dead set on going there. And I think I was like watching football on a Sunday in September and I get a call from Dresser and he was just like, 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 hey, Brigida, like just checking on you. Like wanted to see if you wanted to come, uh, come down for an official visit, uh, you know, the end of this month. And I think I made up an excuse. I was like, ah, no, coach, I, I don't think I can make it that week. Um, I, I, I think I made up something that was going on. And he's like, all right, well, that's that's no problem. We've got this other week that you can come down. And I'm just like, all right, well, I guess, I guess, <laughs> I guess if he's offering me two different dates and, you know, official visit, I, I never, ha I, I haven't had one of those yet. So 
I, I took him up on it and it was a non a non football weekend so it was actually pretty quiet yeah. in town uh, I, I ended up uh, staying with Dalton Davidson he was my host <laughs> um, who lived with John Dixon and uh, I think Matt, Eric Stute lived with them at the time. It may, well, because I also ran into Dalton Davidson on my official visit and Dixon because I stayed at their house one night, but my host was Matt Tusick, who I think he was one of the St. Ed's guys that was there um, uh, before I went there too. So I don't – but I remember Dalton's Dalton's apartment vividly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that apartment was passed down through a, a few, uh, few different classes. I mean, I, I think – it went from well, them to to didn't it go to wasn't Dan and Dan Dan and Austin were there and then it was passed to I lived there for a summer too just with Dixon the summer from my freshman year outside of the dorms till to sophomore yeah, year I, I lived there too that's so I, I funny I was there for like a few days with you yeah and then I, I bounced to I think Brissetta's a apartment and, but and Hot Jared Hot Haskett and Brooks Brooke, Wilding also Brooks, lived there. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so it, it, that that apartment made it uh made it a few generations. You can't beat being able to walk to Kroger. Years. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I'm sorry. It's a good spot. Yeah. Uh, I mean that that apartment took a beating though. Oh yeah. It was a it was a good spot. Um, but yeah. Anyways, like I I was I stayed with them and they you know they they took me out and yeah I just I I can't I just fell in love with the team I. You know, I was around a handful of the guys, and you know, I I could ar- I could just get the the vibe of how close of a team uh, they were, and you know, I also had people in my ear like, oh, you don't want to go to UNC, like this, that. Yeah. I I vividly remember Nick Vetterline just telling me like, <laughs> man, don't go to UNC. You don't you want to do that. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it, it was nice, uh, nice hearing that stuff. Especially again, I, I'm like a preferred walk-on, so I wasn't getting any sort of scholarship. So, um, but yeah, it was like, and then I had good conversation with with Dresser, um, and I think a week later, week or two later, I I, I made my decision to to go to Virginia Tech. So, uh, yeah, I, I originally dead set on going to UNC, and happened to, you know. Quick, quickly changed my decision to Virginia Tech, and it was by far the best decision of my life. Uh, I, I, I look back at that decision, and you know, while I think I would have thrived regardless of where I went, like I, I can't be more thankful for the, you know, what I grew into, the people I've met, the relationships that that was created at Virginia Tech. Like it is definitely unmatched, and I, I'm so grateful that i made that decision what i thought was really cool that you said too was that um one of the biggest factors that you realized when you're on your visit was the relationships uh that people had on the team and how close you felt that they were and how um how much you admired that and that also became one of the biggest things that you appreciated after your time there i feel similarly because it's it's really hard to differentiate between universities sometimes especially when you I mean, everybody has something awesome to offer. The The difference is sometimes, uh, spe- even for us now, when it comes down to like a recruit, if they're, if, if they're not in somebody's backyard, then it's usually like everybody's kind of have a, has a level playing field. And, you know, 
I think that it oftentimes does fall down to that. Um, oh, wow. All these guys on this team are, are nice. And I like how they, they treat me. I like how they treat one another. I like that they have these goals that, that are all the same. And I just dig the vibes. And that's, that's what it comes down to a lot for, for guys now too. So that's good to see that that trend was still, and similar for me, I felt like that was part of the reason why I came to school there too. But also to go back, I feel like um, to not qualify for states your um, senior year back in Jersey, was that something that even like kind of at least shook you a little bit? Like, uh, do I really want to do this? Because I know there's a lot of people in wrestling and I know you've talked to them too, that that's where their story ends. Like, boom, they don't have that, that, that great moment they're looking for in high school or maybe their high school season ends because of this or that. And then next thing you know, they're that person that's talking to you like, Oh yeah. Like I, this happened to me before. And then, then yeah. And then I stopped and then that's how it ends up. So yeah, if it wasn't for this ref, you know, I would have been a <laughs> state placer. How was that something though, that, that made you second guess whether or not you wanted to continue wrestling afterwards? No, it actually, it, Again, for for as hard as it was, um, it, it definitely lit a fire under me. Oh wow! And it, you know, I, I not just that, you know, I look back at a lot of my my shortcomings in my wrestling career, and pretty lucky. Uh, I don't know, maybe luck's not part of it, but you know, something I guess at least I'm proud of in my mindset is it, it. It typically always led to me to working harder um regardless of how it probably hurt my confidence more than anything but it did it did help me work harder and you know when i was able to finally pick myself up after that um i i think one of the next things up was some like nhsca duel or not duels like the the national tournament uh, coming up and i'm like all right like this is my next goal in mind and you know i was working really hard for it and and I was even thinking to myself, like, man, like, I'm working really hard right now. Why didn't I do that yeah. before my like before the the regional like regions and all this stuff? Um, yeah, so like it it actually actually got me more motivated to work harder. That's cool. That's cool. So a lot of guys after they graduate and after they finish up from college wrestling, which I mean, I know that you know this well, especially with our class coming in to to vt we started off with with abundant numbers there's a lot of dudes uh that we start off with and, and we finished off with i think like three or four like it was me maybe me you sal um i think kevin nordstrom also finished with us too because uh if, yeah but if I, I remember I think correctly. Like, so did joey so did joey um, yeah but considering like just our class yeah. that came in yeah it was it was just us three and there was way more <laughs> than what we started with but that just kind of speaks to the difficulty of college wrestling and that was something that um that you had conquered and then you get out of college for a couple years you enter the working world and you decide to start fighting people which i think is extremely interesting because i feel like jujitsu kind of that that's that's become commonplace for people to go and do as a hobby um did it start there for you did you just kind of walk into an mma gym and start striking and wanting to do the whole thing or 
did you go and do a jujitsu class and be like, oh, well, this is cool. And then that led to something else or how did that work for you? Yeah, it's kind of going to take you to it's kind of down an interesting path. Uh, it, it's there was a handful of factors that led into that. Um, first, like, you know, when I graduated, I, I was coaching at some high schools like on the side and I, I loved coaching. You, you know, had Jesuit. Me. Oh yeah. You have the shirt on. Yeah. Sorry. I'm wearing the shirt. Uh, yeah. I was coaching at Tampa Jesuit for a little over a year. And then when I moved back up to Jersey, which by the uh, way, Tom, Tom Crook and I uh, talk about you pretty frequently. So <laughs> it's, it's, he, he appreciated it's really your cool time. to see. It's really cool to see, you know, uh, two guys that I gave private lessons to in eighth grade and now seeing that, One's at Virginia Tech and one's at Harvard. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, funny, like, side note about the crooks. Like, I, I knew immediately from wrestling with them in eighth grade, when they were in eighth grade, that they were going to be stud D1 wrestlers. Yeah. Like, they they had it. And the, the way that they wrestled, the way that they um, hand fought for eighth graders, and, like, I, I think that was the biggest difference, like, the, the, the tenacity they brought yeah. To when they went live it was just i'm like man they they are a step ahead and you know it's awesome to see um definitely awesome to see that one of them went to virginia tech as well yeah. but yeah so I, I was coaching they went up to jersey i was coaching i coached at Harden central for a year and I, I i really like thoroughly enjoyed coaching i i got a lot out of it and then when i moved to the dc area where i'm now uh when i started working full-time in uh software sales I, I lost the ability to be able to make it to a high school practice. Um, so I, I was kind of looking for something to, to continue to do because I, I wasn't getting out a lot out of just going to the gym and hitting the weight room and doing some cardio. Like I, I, I needed to do some sort of grappling and I, I was missing it. Um, so I started looking into um, MMA gyms and Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm not fully sure what drove me, like, to MMA. Uh, I'm going to guess just because, you know, it's not like there's really there, – I mean, what I was actually also looking for was, you know, regional training centers too. And there was not, there was not like, any regional training centers for me to wrestle at. Yeah. Um, I, I think American might have one. I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, hopefully Joey doesn't hear that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I was looking for something. And, you know, I saw, I saw this gym that they had wrestling. They had some uh, former, former wrestlers there, former college wrestlers there. And then they offered jujitsu. They offered MMA, like, and then uh, some other striking classes. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll see how this is. And it fit my schedule. So I, I gave it a shot. And, yeah, I started doing a, a couple classes. You know, went to the grappling, did the BJJ, which is, you know, definitely – was definitely very different um but i think as a wrestler uh you, you already have a really good feel for it um it's just not putting yourself in positions where you get choked out or you uh can like lose an arm or a limb but it, it's it was definitely interesting and yeah i started striking and i i really liked it it's it's kind of it's kind of fun, funny to say but it, it's kind of fun to hit people it, yeah. it's um you know it was definitely good after a long work day too like can you always <laughs> say like wrestling is like one of the best like anti or like de-stressor 
um, for for people, but it's you know same thing for for any other um, physical combat uh, type sport. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think exactly. that's probably why jujitsu's gotten so popular, and I feel like it's a specific clientele too. Like, it's one of the only combat sports that I see like high profile CEOs and Mark Zuckerberg going and trying to do like it's it there that's probably one of the biggest reasons why it's taken um at least the a lot of the professional world by storm too did you think jujitsu was more fun than wrestling no, no? I, I still don't I I, I like I like jujitsu but I'll still always choose wrestling over so like if you're gonna go into the gym and it's like uh you're just kind of doing like a 45 minute sweat working on your skills are you gonna do jujitsu or are you gonna do wrestling i'm gonna do jujitsu uh is that just because you need to work on it more or because it's i kind of like it because it's easier you could kind of lay down (laughs) like you i'm serious though but you can like get a ton of work done and it's fun but it's also just so much more laid back it's like as opposed to watching like a documentary like wrestling you have to like be focused and pay attention if you're going to get something out of it and not get hurt jiu-jitsu is like watching the office where you can just have it on <laughs> and just just sit there and it's it's like oh okay yeah i could do that oh that was i could chime chime in every once in a while and it's funny but that's a it's a fair analogy um i i would choose jiu-jitsu because i need to work on it yeah um and jujitsu like yeah like you said it's great for you know if you're just looking to get a sweat in like jujitsu and just it's almost like that's like the sparring version of wrestling you know you're just rolling and you're just like uh grabbing limbs a lot of guys are starting on their butts you know you're not on your feet uh it's way easier cardio wise um but I'll, i'll tell you what like you know i still go to you know the wrestling classes we have at our gym and you know when we do live goes and we have we have some like pretty solid guys um like pretty like solid guys as in like you know some I, like i said like some former wrestlers in college who like i can go hard with and you know they'll push me and we get some good scrambles like i i still don't think anything beats that of just you're really pushing yourself and going hard because even in even in mma there's just there's nothing like wrestling conditioning you know there's nothing like pushing yourself that way you know when you're in mma and you're striking you know you can you can separate yourself you can stand up you can breathe you can create distance wrestling you know even when you're not uh connected with your opponent you're still in a stance you know it's just it's it's hard um and you know maybe that's why i'm continuing to do things like this because i i enjoy i enjoy things that are kind of hard and i enjoy pushing myself um but yeah i'd always choose wrestling over jujitsu when you're practicing your wrestling in a workout are your workouts um you know somewhat similar to a college practice where you're you're drilling takedowns from uh like your actual regular fighting stance or is it more kind of situational base where maybe you have the guy up against the cage and you're working on finishing takedowns or uh like does it look like a wrestling practice even in an mma gym or is it is it more kind of fighting transitioned yeah it's a good question um i would say it's more 
I, I say it looks pretty similar to, to a, um, a wrestling practice. You know, a, a typical MMA practice is, you know, we warm up, we, we work on technique, but technique is more working on, you know, combinations and putting combinations together. And that's, uh, you know, kind of like the technique. Uh, and then we, we, you know, do a little sparring at the end where it's not, not like the Sunday sparring that I did today, but, uh, you know, pretty like, like level up the intensity a little bit sure. and get to, get to move and go. Uh, so I would say it's pretty similar to, to wrestling. You know, the one thing that it, it's not a, it's a lot shorter, you know, especially it's a commercial gym. It's like that I go to, uh, for the most part. And we do our, like kind of like the fight team the we do our own things a handful of the days, but you know, for the most part, it's, it's commercial. So anybody can join these classes. They're not, they're not too long. You know, it's not going to be a two hour yeah. practice. Like, yeah. you know, you get some wrestling practices. Last thing. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I, I looked at the time. We're only going, we're only going <laughs> 70 minutes today and then two hours later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're pretty quick. Uh, you know, sometimes you can do, I, I do multiple classes in a day. So I'll do a jujitsu and then I go right into an MMA class. Um, so it's not, it's not the intensity of a wrestling class by any means, like not even close. Um, but I, I think it's structured relatively similar. Sure. So you're two and oh in your fighting career thus far, how does it work? Um, jumping from where you're at now and actually before we we talk about jumping from there i mean where is it that you do want to go within your fighting career is is, is this something that you want to take all the way into um i don't know how it works exactly if it's professional or if it's um or if it's getting into one of the the various fight leagues or or however it is but what's your what's your end goal with fighting yeah, I mean, for for a long time, I uh, I was saying like, oh, you know, like I'll, I'll see where it takes me. I'll see where it takes me. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I really do wanna, I really do wanna compete at at the highest level for for fighting. Um, I I really missed competing when I came out of Virginia Tech, and you know, uh, something that we talked about, and this kind of goes back to a few questions ago where it's like, why, why'd you get into, to, to fighting? Um, you know, I had some, I had some like health issues throughout my, my wrestling career that I didn't really catch until, um, until going into my senior year. And, you know, a lot of it was, I mean, I, I guess I'll just say what it was. So I, I had a condition have a condition called a uh, prolactinoma and what that did was it was blocking my pituitary gland from functioning normally and what that what that led to was pretty much producing about a third or a fourth of the testosterone levels of my competition uh so you know trying to battle through you know my my wrestling career at extremely low testosterone levels um was you know, I guess it was almost like tough looking back on because I, I have a lot of that what if, you know, like what if I caught this earlier? What if I was able to get, sure. um, you know, my 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 numbers um, numbers up a little bit. But yeah, so like I, you know, that, and that's also what we might get into, like, you know, why I kind of got really into a lot of like the health space is because 
I, I just became fascinated by, you know, what the body is capable of and, you know, healing yourself um, from, you know, various different aspects outside of, you know, pharmaceutical medicine. And so, yeah, so like a primarily drive is like, I feel like I left, I still have so much left on the table for, for my athletic ability. I, I'm, I'm the strongest I've ever been in my life. I, I, I feel like I look the best, like, uh, physically, uh, or like, I guess my physique, I, I feel like is the best that it's been. Uh, I, yeah, I feel really powerful, you know, and I, I notice, I notice a lot of things that where I may have fell off in wrestling, you know, where it may have affected me in wrestling, where I can do it now, even in MMA or when I'm training wrestling now. And a lot of it comes with, uh, you know, chain wrestling. I, I feel like when I was wrestling in high school and college, I didn't have that. I didn't have that drive or that gear to change it. You know, when like you take a shot, yeah. you get stuffed. You're able to push through, and you know maybe they shoot, you counter it, and then you reshot. You know, putting things together that way. I I don't I don't think I had that gear, and you know it's kind of it, it's cool to see now that I, I feel like I have those gears and I'm able to put things together and I'm like, almost like I had it the entire time. I just wasn't able to push myself that way. Um, so, you know, a lot of my motivation to, to be, to be great at something athletically is still, is still very much there. And it's, yeah, it, it's, it's really fun, you know, pushing your, like, at least in my opinion, it's really fun pushing yourself athletically um you know trying to reach a top level in something so yeah i mean i know that's a kind of a long response to your question but yeah, yeah I, I i would like to see it out to you know um, go to the top level yeah and i'll put a just because that's too good of a segue not to use um but i'll put a a, a tab in uh in the fighting because i, I do want to circle back to that but what do you think initially when you really started when you when you first realized you had an issue with your testosterone what did you first start doing that that you then at least started to realize your differences is was it was it um primarily your diet that you had to shift around that that helped combat that or was that something uh that you had to do some type of pharmaceutical stuff with first and then get off of or or how, what was the first kind of different um kind of body hacking stuff that you had to first start figuring out to get yourself to the point where you're at? Yeah, I, I actually didn't do anything besides what the doctor told me for a while. And I, I, yeah, I was, I was put on medicine. So I'm, I'm still currently on that medicine. Um, what was that seven, six, seven years, maybe eight. Would you say later. the, would you um, say it was called? It's called prolactinoma. Prolactinoma. Okay. Um, and what it does, cause I have a, of a cyst on my pituitary gland. So oh. I was, I was, um, creating excess prolactin Yeah. and your pituitary produces prolactin and testosterone. So it's, they kind of balance each other out. So when one is out of whack, the other is really low. So my prolactin was super high and my testosterone was super low. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'll, I'll put on medicine and I, like the doctor is just like, Hey, this, 
you know, we'll, we'll check the MRI, we'll do a yearly MRI, MRI uh, see that it's not getting bigger. If it's getting bigger, we'll have to, we might have to do surgery um, <laughs> because, you know, if it gets too big, it can push actually on your, your, I don't know, like some up part of your brain. Yes. Yeah. You know, your eyes, they'll push, they'll start, oh they'll my start God. messing with your per peripherals. Um, wow. So like, cause it's, it's basically, like, a, you said a cyst, but like a tumor basically that you have on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it is, it's like a non-cancerous tumor. And so that's what um, they treat. Basically they give you medicine that just tries to manage the size of that. And holy exactly. Crap. And you know, something, so, you know, luckily over the last, you know, uh, since I've been diagnosed, it, it has been getting smaller. And I want to say it was like, maybe like two, two or three years of being on the medicine. I, and first of all, like I, I did start to feel a lot better from the medicine. I mean, just, just from being on it for six months in college. I mean, that, that summer that we had of training before our senior year, yeah, it, it was, it was incredible how quickly my body changed. Like I, I hit PRs in everything that we did in the weight room. Yeah. I, my, my squats, my squat went up probably about like That's crazy. 60 or 70 pounds. My bench went up. Like I, I was, I, I always considered myself the, the fastest slow guy or the, the slowest fast guy in our runs. Yeah. Uh, I, that, that's me saying I always finished middle of the pack. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I was, you know, for probably like the, the first, like the start of our conditioning in, in September, I was finishing probably like top five in, in those runs. Like my, my endurance and strength just started shooting up out of like nowhere. Um, and it was awesome. That's and so crazy, man. Yeah, it, it, it is. And again, like that goes back to like, looking back and being like the, the what if like yeah. you know wh where, where would my career be if i caught this in high school you know it, it's so it's there's there's so many things but you know, i i i don't i don't i definitely don't live like in the past and think about that because i'm really grateful of where where i am now yeah um but yeah so i just stuck with the medicine for a while and i don't remember i i honestly could not tell you what exactly it was but I, it may have been something that just caught my eye online and it was just, it was actually doing like something like keto and, you know, looking at the effects that it, it can have on, on tumor growth and, oh. you know, uh, and like understanding like the, the explanation behind it now is, you know, tumors, tumors thrive off of sugar. Sure. You know, that they, they, that, that's like, that's primarily what helps them grow. And so I'm like, oh, so like, hey, like this might be something I can take in my hands that that might play a role and, you know, continue to to, you know, push this this thing out of me or get it to completely disappear. And so like that's been kind of my mission is, you know, trying to figure out and do all these different things uh, to, you know, not just have, you know, the most optimal health as possible, but really try to figure out like, you know, what can I do to, you know, get me back to normal? Like, I don't, I don't want to be on medicine the rest of my life. Uh, even if it is like, it's not, it's not too much uh, of a hassle. The medicine's not too expensive. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, like I am putting like a, a, a pharmaceutical product in my body every week and I, I don't want that. 
and so like that's yeah so like i started from there like once i started i went down like the the keto rabbit hole and then it just kind of started opening up all these different (laughs) avenues and I, i would say definitely in the last two years like i've really really got deep into like the the health the biohacking all, all that all those rabbit holes and really understanding you know how how to heal yourself with food and the power that the human body has to actually perform and heal like what we're capable of doing is just always is always impressing me and it just goes against everything that I feel like we've been told all throughout our lives of, you know, like, oh, like the, the, you have to go to the doctor to fix this. And like, hey, this is how you fix that symptom. And it's never been about like, well, you know, what's causing that symptom? What's the root cause? And, you know, I look back at like, what was my root cause of this system I had? And I can only speculate uh, of what it is. Um, you know, I, I definitely ate pretty poorly as a child. I ate a ton of fast food. Like, could that have had something to do with it? Maybe. Yeah. Um, my, my sister, uh, who is recovered now, she, she was diagnosed with leukemia as a teenager. Um, you know, and luckily she, she went to remission and she, she fully cleared it. Um, but it was, you know, look at it, like it was both of us. Uh, I just had a way less severe version of, sure. um, a, a cancer in, inside of my body as opposed to hers. Um, so, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the root cause of mine was, but I feel like all I can do now is, you know, try to put myself in a position to where I'm as healthy as possible. And a lot of good, a lot of good has come out of it. And I, I I think that's a, you know, another reason why, you know, I am really motivated to compete as an athlete just because I feel really, really good regardless of my age. Yeah. So um, what's, what's one of the craziest things that you've kind of delved into that you kind of start doing now that's health-based? I mean, because you obviously know very well that you can go down the rabbit hole extremely quickly from red light glasses down to, to <laughs> eating only raw dairy products. And that also you put me on to, which I'll never go back. I'll never go, back. go back. They're too good. But um, do you have something that I, I, I guess let's, let's separate into two categories. What's kind of one of the most bizarre things that you do for your health. And then what do you actually think is one of the most helpful things that you do that, that if you had to take it out of your routine, you'd be pretty upset about it. That is, those are, those are good questions. Like, I don't have to think about that. <laughs> um, I'm sure. I'm sure if my fiance was here, she'd be she'd be all over the bizarre things. She could probably oh, yeah. dial them off because they're probably way more bizarre to somebody who is not doing all these things. She's that, just subjected to, to it. <laughs> um, I like it, it's it, it's it is funny now too because she doesn't she she and she's awesome. She doesn't judge, but you know there's certain things she does. She just looks at me and she just kind of just you know shakes it off. Whereas somebody like. And I get it from my parents sometimes. They're just like, you're doing what? And I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm trying this out. Um, <laughs> I, would say, I would say the most bizarre thing, um, I'm like almost like looking around my apartment to see gotta, what I have out that might be weird. There's an, um, there's an egg laying I, over I, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would say like 
the bizarre thing that I do that people would be like, oh, like you do that, um, is probably the 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 raw meats. So I pretty much like five days a week I'll have some raw liver. Five days um, a week? Yeah, five days a week. Oh, holy crap. Um, but tiny amount, like almost like um like an ounce. Like an ounce of raw liver. Yeah. Uh, and for a while I was doing also and I actually kinda need to get back into it, I feel like. Um I was doing raw heart too with it. Oh my it. gosh. Um and then I typically have some bone marrow with it along along with it as well. I would say that typically people look at it and like wait, why are, you, why are you eating it raw in the first place? And then they, they hear the organ meat and they're just like an, immediately disgusted. Um, that might be, at least to some, like that might be the most bizarre. Um, and, you know, the reason, the reason I do it is because the liver is one of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet. Yeah. And... I, that is my, that is my multivitamin that I take. And there are so many, so many nutrients in liver that are really tough to get elsewhere. Like, you know, something like like vitamin A or copper. And there's a lot of these different, these different nutrients in there that you really, even if you're getting it from other foods, you're getting in a really small amount, whereas liver is loaded with it. So it's pretty much clearing out, um, you know, um, you're, you're really like clearing out that task of, of accomplishing those nutrient goals or targets. And I, you know, I, I typically like, I, I find these things. So I, people I respect are doing it as well. And I give it a shot and see how I feel. And I would say the thing that I saw the most from doing those was like my skin, my skin started clearing up. Um, you know, not that I ever had a problem with bad acne, but, um, you know, I, I would get acne here and there and definitely helped my skin a lot, uh, helped my energy levels. And yeah, so I, I would say that might be one of the more bizarre ones. That was one of the, um, because like, uh, that was the biggest thing that I noticed when, and I know we've talked about like seed oils before, which now I feel like there's some stuff going against whether or not they are truly, truly bad for you. But I still avoid them whenever I can because I couldn't help but notice that I had I had alopecia or this this basically this um, uh, um, this hair coloring disorder and, and hair loss disorder in my beard. And it was really patchy. And I had had basically a really thick, good beard for like ever. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. Well, I guess I have that now. And then, you know, that I just dealt with it. And then I also had never gotten rid of my acne forever. And it wasn't until I really started focusing on that. And maybe it was the fact that I was getting an excessive amount of omega six fats from from seed oils that I was consuming and that I didn't realize how much fat I was consuming on a daily basis through that. Um, but my skin was the first thing that I noticed looked better when I started focusing just a little bit more on what I was eating and where I was like, holy crap, man, this is, this is a big deal. And I still have a huge zit on the middle of my forehead right now. Uh, but that might be because of that, the birthday meal yesterday, but, (laughs) (laughs) 
but I, I, I still have yet to tap into the, um, the raw organ meats though. That was just one where I was like, I don't know where I'm going to get that from or how I'm going to do that. Why, why is it raw too? Because cooking it would remove nutrients from it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so cooking it, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, cooking it is still good. Like it's, yeah, I, I have, I have to really tell myself a lot that, you know, don't let, uh, what, what's the saying? Like, don't put, let perfect be, be the enemy of good. Yeah. Um, you know, cooking it is, is just as good. You know, it's that's still, a great you're, quote, you're, dude. I like that. Yeah. And you know, like that still puts you probably the top 5% of, you know, people focusing on their health, even if you're cooking it. Um, but yeah, you know, like be eating it raw, like you're getting like the, the full nutrients in it as opposed to, you know, burning some off. It's just like the, how, what we talked about with, with the raw dairy products, you know, cooking, getting it pasteurized is cooking a lot, yeah. cooking off a lot of the, the vitamins and enzymes that are actually needed for you to, to tolerate milk in the first place or tolerate dairy products. Yeah. Oh, um, that was so. one of the most interesting things that I thought you had did. You were lactose intolerant all throughout college. And I remember like, you know, you like when almond milk first started coming out, or actually no, you'd always have lactate, the, the, the other, the, the lactose free milk. And I just remember that, that you had always had that. And then, I mean, now you're at a point where you're drinking raw dairy products where you've even proved the fact that, um, lactose intolerance can be overcome, uh, to a certain degree. Right. Yeah. I, it's, yeah, like the the whole the whole idea behind lactose intolerance is your body is not digesting, or it doesn't have the the lactose enzyme to to help you digest it, and there's there's a thing in raw milk that gets burned off um, in the pasteurization process called lactase, um, and I I think it's like a sugar in the milk, and that's actually what helps us uh, as humans digest the milk a lot better. Um, and not get those stomach cramps and the gas and the bloating. And, you know, interesting enough, like the milk, like lactate, like the lactose free milk is just milk with the added lactase to it. So they're just adding lactase to help you digest it. Should be in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, that kind of goes back to, you know, a lot of the things that you just have been told in your life, like, oh, you're lactose intolerant. You have to avoid dairy the rest of your life. Like it's just like deal with it you you have to accept it and i i thoroughly enjoy you know finding things or discovering things that go against that and be like huh like no like i don't have to deal with this or like this could be improved like i don't have to just act or like live this way because this is what someone said who i never even looked up like or tried to see what their research was behind it um, kind of like, kind of like, you know, the whole cholesterol thing. Like, that's another thing that I was like, I don't know, like we're always told like, With oh, eggs. you know, high cholesterol and yeah, don't, don't eat too much meat yeah. and whatnot. And, you know, I, I eat red meat almost every single day and I feel great and my heart isn't stopping. And no, I was know, literally I get, I get my... paranoid to the point where like. I would waste egg yolks and thinking back on how many egg yolks I used to waste on good eggs too blows my mind because it's like, God, dude, I could have been having a more calories, which I usually always need and b little tiny little vitamins with, with each, with each little bite. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's such a crazy and cholesterol has been found to be like one of the primary things that helps build and and uh, regulate the proper function of testosterone or the production of testosterone yeah. in the body too, which makes exactly. sense along along with uh, um, all the other good stuff that it does. Craziness, but uh, but yeah, dude, I I, I felt like I definitely had to point that out. Plus, you kind of opened it up uh, before with talking about your your pro- prolactinoma. Um, and, and just because, dude, there's not a lot of guys that, that graduate from college wrestling and then get more jack uh, <laughs> afterwards. Usually it goes the other way. Belly gets bigger unless they're doing something competitive. And um, so, yeah, that's that's something that's really cool. And that I feel like is good for all people to know that there there's usually always something that you can do to, to better whatever type of shape you're in or to push yourself that much further. But I did want to circle back um, to your fighting, if if that maybe would be our last topic, just because we are coming up on an hour and I want to respect your time. But um, yeah, of course. So when you had your first two fights, and you had taken both both guys down, and and you had you had it was a TKO in both both of your both of your bouts. Um, yeah. Was your wrestling something that you knew that you were going to rely on in both of them, or did you? did you have an idea of what you even wanted to work on or were you just trying to focus on the entire process of holy crap, this is my first fight. What the heck am I even going to do right now? Like what, what was that like? Um, probably more so like that's true for my first fight. Um, it, you know, being the, the whole competition aspect and being in front of a crowd and the one-on-one, you know, I, wrestling sets you up perfectly for that because yeah. you're already used to it uh it's just like a, a different different atmosphere with being in a cage um but yeah like i guess like i not i guess like i was i was really nervous for my first fight you know you're it was somebody who was also it was also their debut as well so oh. you know, like i can look up film, film yeah. on them and see what they're all about and you know you know like have that have that self-talk of like oh, you're gonna crush them with your wrestling like I, I i had no idea who was stepping out there and yeah i, I was pretty nervous like it's you're you're getting into a, a real a real life fight it's like this person's trying to knock you out had you have was, ever uh, had you ever been in a fight before fighting <laughs> yeah other than in practice no i got in one fight in in high school i, I think uh my junior year um and you know looking back at it it was you know it's pretty pretty similar to to a lot of my mma training i I, t- I took him down and you know i started uh started beating up on him but i will say i was i was defending myself so i, I didn't initiate <laughs> um just just throwing that out there but yeah was it uh, like you know definitely like my first real like official fight and yeah was really nervous um you know, when that fight started and, you know, I mean, I guess like going back to what my coaches were saying, like, hey, like, hey, this is just like sparring. You know, it, there's no, the only difference is the gloves you're wearing and you're not wearing shin guards, um, which is also something that yeah. I was constantly thinking about. Like, you know, practicing, you always have these pads on your shins. Yeah. It's not even about like taking taking a kick to your shins. It's you kicking somebody and like thinking, hey, this might, this might hurt me kicking them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I stepped out there, nervous. I uh, was feeling him out, 
and I, I took two pretty pretty hard head kicks um, that I blocked, and the the second kick and like the the, the opponent was a pretty good uh, I'll say Muay Thai guy. You know he he had good kicks. He was a good striker, and yeah, right away he he threw out these two kicks and the second kick that I blocked. Um, it's it hit my forearm and sent um what do you say like like sent like my made my forearm tingling yeah. like i started like, like had that numbness yeah. yeah that stinger and shoot down my forearm i'm like well i don't want to take another one of those um so yeah i started pushing forward and you know i started start picking up my striking but just naturally and this is something that i picked up on just sparring in the room like your, your wrestling ability just naturally kicks in and it's actually it's actually pretty cool to do in MMA because there are so many great opportunities to take shots that you have to work so much harder for in wrestling but are way easier in MMA yeah. uh, I mean people they're not in a stance you're, you're you know, standing like up straight your arms I mean to punch you reach essentially so yeah and all all it takes is is dodging up one punch or kick and being in the right position for for a takedown and my first fight that's what it was um i i caught my opponent's kick as, as he was about to throw it and i took him down and you know once once i took him down it, it was you know it's even in i'll say this even with jujitsu having a wrestling background it's it's not a lot of people are familiar with the type of pressure that we can we can do to keep somebody down yeah um and it just goes through like the rigorous training that we do of you know mat returns and pressure forward and you know whatever it might be to keep somebody down on the ground it's you know a lot of cases it's kind of easier on these people who are less experienced i mean not kind of it is less <laughs> it is easier on these people who are For less sure. experienced in in, in in the grappling world um, so yeah, I kept him down and I, I took his back. I choked him out. Um, my, my second fight was, was a little bit of a different one. Uh, didn't have the, didn't, was it, wasn't matched up with, uh, the, the best opponent, uh, as in, in terms of skill level. Did the first dude, my, did the first dude get injured or something and he had to, he had to drop out or, or was it not a situation like that? No, it wasn't. A, it was just the person they offered me. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of how it is in like the amateur MMA world, mm -hmm. where it's like you know you're 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 fighting for these promotions. Um, yeah, you can try to have some sort of handle or grasp on you know who you're being matched up with, but I was being matched up with somebody else, like somebody who was making their debut. Yeah. And it's not like again, I couldn't look up film on them. Like there was nothing, no result that I can look at and be like, yeah, this person, this person should be uh, uh, at least um, able to compete. Um, and it just happens that I got somebody who probably had no business being out there. But I, I, I did have really good advice from my coach. And, you know, he, he told me beforehand, you know, he wants me to treat it like, regardless of this person's competition, treat it like how I would treat maybe you know a ufc champion or whoever it might be um you know just treat it as yeah. um this is your top competition and so 
yeah, I probably could have gone out there and took him down in the first three seconds and ended it really quickly, but I took my time. I, I, I found I found my opening to start striking. I, I you know, was able to close the distance. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what I think it was like. I did like a, a double jab cross and knocked him down. And then once I, once I got him down, I, I kind of just started wailing on him. Yeah. And that's where it ended. Um, but yeah, wrestling, the, like the wrestling instincts are, you know, especially like the level that we, we, we competed at, like they're just naturally there. And I'm sure, I'm sure for so many D1 wrestlers who have either gotten in a fight before, or if they ever do get in a fight, you'd be shocked at <laughs> how naturally you yeah. can avoid a punch and take somebody down. It's just like, it's just, we have it. And it, it's a, it's a pretty cool ability to have. Yeah. Would you say, I mean, obviously it's, it's paid dividends for you right now, but outside of your wrestling, which skill do you think that you've developed uh, the strongest so far within your training? It's a good, it's a good question. Um, you know, what I'm really am like, what I'm focusing on is leveraging what I'm good at and that is in incorporating my wrestling into everything. I, I, I've gotten decent. I mean, maybe more than decent. Like I, I, there are some good, good chokeholds that I've, um, found fit my, skill level not skill level they just fit my skills based off of my um almost like my anatomy like i have really long arms and yeah. there's certain chokes that are pretty similar to um kind of how i'd ride people on top you know i was a crab half guy and yeah. you know there, there's a lot of situations that i i get into whether it's like front headlock or if i have someone's back that i i can kind of sneak these chokes in because i have long arms and i just understand you know where i need to be to to, uh, you know, uh, choke him out. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty proud of myself for my, my striking ability. I think I have a lot to improve on in terms of, uh, footwork, but, you know, I, I really do feel like I have some really good knockout ability that I'm really excited to eventually showcase as, as I keep going forward. You know, I'm always, I'm always gonna let my wrestling shine, but I, I really am confident in my ability to, um, you know, hit someone really hard, yeah. and you know, really, really be an exciting fighter that way, and not just, you know, another wrestler who's fighting who sure. will go for a takedown yeah. right away or go for thirty takedowns, and that's all I have, and all I have is that and my ground and pounds. Like I, I'm pretty proud of my ability to to strike, so. I am looking forward to, to showcasing that in the future. Do you have any idea when your next fight will be? Working on it. Um, you know, really, really trying to get something in April. Um, if, if that's not possible, probably looking at early May. Um, and my, the plan that my coach has for me is uh, try to get two more amateur fights and then see where I'm at from there and then uh, possibly move up to, to the pro level. And pro, like just to, to explain like amateur versus Thank pro you. in MMA. It's, yeah, I, it's I was pro, about to say. Pro, pro amateur, you're not getting paid to, to compete. 
pro level, you're getting paid any amount of money sure. to, yeah. to show off. Prize money you're... and weigh-in money, sure. Even if it's even if it's ten dollars, like you're considered a pro. Wow. Like it's it's so it's not. It's I feel like, and this is something that I I thought too. Like you know, you hear a pro fighter, and you're like, oh, that person fights yeah. in UFC no, or I didn't Bellator. Not for it either. Yeah, that's that's not the case. It's you know, being a pro fighter is just means you're getting paid to to compete. Um, way different story of competing for you know a top promotion sure. like you know the ufc so um but yeah that that is like the next step in the process or at least you know what what's laid out for me is you know getting getting a couple more amateur fights um seeing where i'm at and then start start leveling up my competition from there that's insane man that's awesome and it's cool and thank you so much for joining me tonight too i hopefully we'll uh we'll get this out by tomorrow um because we'll have a lot of fans traveling to Tulsa for NCA, so hopefully we'll have some people tuning in and hearing and catching up with you and your story. But Dave, looking forward to seeing how the rest of your or the the next at least couple months of your MMA career, um, and we'll be wishing you the best, and I will be too. And I know I'll be talking to you in the meantime too. But thank you so much for your time tonight, dude. Yeah, no, thank you. It's a pleasure again. Pleasure being on here. Always love our conversations and. Yeah, it's an honor to to be featured on your your podcast. Number two, baby, alumni. Number two, <laughs> alumni are harder to get. These dudes are busy, so. But uh, they are. Yeah, no, thanks for uh, college guys are way easier because they're just like, oh yeah, I <laughs> I have class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's like okay, we could probably find time to do this. <laughs> but uh, all right, brother, I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. All right, yeah, thanks, Ty. Bye. Thank you for listening to the second episode of the alumni series. I'm looking forward to doing many more of these. Uh, as we kind of noted there at the end of this episode, a little bit more difficult to line up these these interviews. And this is my first uh, virtual or remote interview that I did. So now I have that under the belt. I can figure it out. I have the process a little bit more refined. And I'm looking to start busting out some more of these as we go. So thank you always for listening. Uh, Please keep doing so. Please keep sharing. Thank you.